I'm going to preach today on a topic that hopefully you'll enjoy and that you'll understand uh, it's important for all of us uh, to take uh, this sermon seriously and uh, to apply this to our life and even maybe help others around us apply it to their life. Title today is The Attitude of Gratitude. Attitude of Gratitude. It looks at the team, we find a story here of Jesus healing several people and an observation that He makes as things unfold in this story. Beginning in verse 11. Now on His way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As He was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met Him. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When He saw them, He said, Go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked Him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then He said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Pretty interesting story. Jesus is on the way to Jerusalem and uh, these uh, guys that have leprosy, of course you had to do this if you had leprosy. You couldn't just walk up into the crowd. If you had leprosy, you, you understood and everyone understood that you had to sort of stay back in a way because people did not want to get leprosy. Terrible. Terrible disease. Even in our world today, there still uh, is leprosy. I don't know that uh, probably most of you have never seen leprosy. Uh, being uh, uh, able at times, uh, two different times, I've been able to travel to India, and you actually uh, would see people there that had leprosy. And you may have to just take my word for it, but I can assure you it is a rugged looking disease. Highly contagious, and to the point where at, at the, at the uh, end of uh, the series with leprosy, things like your, your fingers, your digits, uh, toes, and, and different things can literally just sort of fall off uh, that they have become so diseased. The, the terrible disease. And so people understood you had to stay back and, and you couldn't go toward people. And so these guys see Jesus and they undoubtedly had heard about Jesus healing people. And they say, Jesus, hey! Show us some mercy here. Heal us. And Jesus says, you know, okay, uh, go show yourself to the priest. And you say, well, why, why go show yourself to the priest? Well, that's what the Old Testament law said that you had to do if you had leprosy or some sort of skin disease, that once you were healed, you had to go to the priest and the priest had to give you an examination to see if you, in fact, were healed. And then he would declare you either healed or not healed. And so he says, go show yourself to the priest. So he heals them. He says, go show yourself to the priest so you can get totally you know, back into society and live and everything. So they did that. And then one guy out of ten came back. And if this happens, that he's a Samaritan. He's not a Jew at all. And Jesus asked this question, where are the other nine? I mean, can you believe, he says, the ingratitude of these people that were just healed of a terrible, terrible disease 
And there was no gratitude in them. There was no thank you. There was not coming back and praising God except for this one guy who came on back and he was full of praise and he was full of thankfulness and all that. Thankfulness and gratitude is a very, very important quality of a child of God. And we're going to look at a number of different Scriptures here. But to get you going here, I want you to take out your paper, the thing you're taking notes with, most of you are taking notes. I want you to write down five things in your life that you are grateful for. So this is not an overwhelming number here. Five things. You should have probably a lot more than that, right? But write down five things that you're grateful for. Give you a little minute there. Five things that you're grateful for. How are we doing on that? You got five down? Now write down one thing that you should be more grateful for and you're not. Because we all, we all know, if you think about it, you know, I probably should be more grateful for that uh, and I'm not. So five things that you're grateful for and then one thing that you should be more grateful for. And as you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, I probably should be more grateful for that. Okay, got those things down there? Okay, point number one. Gratitude is a mark of a growing, strong Christian. Look over to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Gratitude or thankfulness is a mark or a sign of a growing, strong Christian. Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to begin our reading in verse uh, 5. Colossians 2 verse 5. Paul here is writing to them, and I'm starting in verse 5 to sort of show you how he's feeling about them because he tells them how he's feeling. He says, For though I am absent from you in body, in other words, I'm writing you this letter, I'm not actually there, I am present with you in spirit, and I delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So he's feeling really good about them, isn't he? Right? Come on, guys. Come on. Wake up here. So he's feeling really good about them. He says, yeah, I'm delighted about you guys. You guys are, you know, you have the right spirit uh, and and things uh, are going great. You're firm in your faith. Now let's go on. Verse verse 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So he says, I know you guys are doing great spiritually for the most part, and I'm very proud of you. That is, that's wonderful that your faith is firm and things seem to be going good. Now he says, okay, let's make sure that we're doing good and we continue to do good. And he says, I want you to be overflowing with thankfulness. Interesting way to put that, isn't it? Overflowing with thankfulness. Go a little further on in the letter over to chapter 3. Chapter 3 and verse 15. 
here he's, he's talking about just basics and fundamentals of living the Christian life. And he says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be what? Thankful. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Three different times in that passage, He says, be grateful, be thankful, be overflowing with thankfulness. It is a mark. It is a part of a strong, growing Christian that you are grateful. And that you are thankful as a general description of your life. Now I want you to think now and do a little self-diagnostic. Are you a thankful, grateful person? Would people who know you, people who live with you, people who work with you, would they say, yeah, you know, that, that, that's a good description of her. She is a grateful, thankful person. Or, would they say, you know, she can be a little edgy sometimes. She can, you know, it's something you don't know how to read her, you know? You, you, you look at her face and her body language, you know, say, why her? It could be him, okay? Yeah. yeah. Grateful. You're not talking about the women anymore. You want me to be grateful? I am grateful. Uh, would people that interact with you on a normal basis, your children, your husband, your wife, your uh, workmates, your neighbors... Would they describe you as a grateful, thankful, radiant uh, type of person or would they not? You, you, you're going to have to sort of think of yourself there and how you come across and how you look at your life. You know, a lot of times it's, just a, it's, it's honestly an issue of how do you look at life. You know, you don't want to be trite about it, but is, is the glass half full or half empty? Uh, it, it, it's a little bit of how you choose to look at life and how you choose to examine what's going on in your life. I think what Paul is saying here is very clear. He expects these people to be thankful. He expects them to be grateful. And Jesus, when He sees this one guy come back, He's sort of shocked. Where, where, where are all the other people that have had great things happen in their life, yet there doesn't seem to be any gratefulness going on with them at all? Point number two. We need to be grateful at all times. Look over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. This is where this gets a little challenging. We need to be grateful at all times in our life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse... Uh, we'll pick it up in verse 16, the, the paragraph there. It says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. Now, when we think of our life, 
You think of your life, I think of my life. My life is not always easy. Your life is not always easy. My life is not always uh, things happening that are happening the way that I wish they would happen. Sometimes I look at things going on in my life and I'm like, huh, I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy about that. I'm not, you know, and I can almost make a list of everything that didn't turn out quite the way I wished it would have. Yeah. You, you ever do that? Yeah. You know, I, it's sort of our wish list in reverse. Yeah. You know, it's not what we wish for, it's what we wish didn't, we didn't have. Right. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and you're like, whoa, things are not looking good here? <laughs> uh, you know? Uh, there's a little bit more of me than I wish there was. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm up a weight class, you know, from a couple months ago or something like that. Uh, you know, or, or you look at, you know, you got crows, uh, what do they call them, crow's feet or, you know, those kind of things or, you know, wrinkles or whatever. And, and uh, uh, you know, sunspots or, you know, and, and you, you say, oh no, I'm morphing into my mother. You know, uh, I, <laughs> I can't believe I, you know, I, I look like my dad. Uh, you know, uh, or worse, you know, I look like my grandfather. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, you you look at your your checkbook or your savings account or your retirement account. Uh, you know, and and you're like, boy, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. He says, give thanks in all circumstances. One of the keys here is learning to take the things of life that, in and of themselves, are not positive. And get something worthwhile out of that circumstance. Because in your life, in my life, in all of our lives, things happen that don't happen exactly the way we wish it would. We must learn then not to, I mean, because we're going to go up and down and up and down and up and down. If we if we just want if if we're happy and thankful and grateful when it happened the way we wanted it to happen, but if it doesn't happen the way we wanted it to happen, then we're down and depressed and and, and in a bad spot. Our life is just going to be all over the place all the time, yeah, and we're not going to be what he described back there in Colossians as someone who's firm, mature, settled. In their faith. We've got to learn that even in the bad times, even in the things where we don't get what we want, that we have to find the things of those circumstances that are good for us. There are two great passages in the New Testament about this very concept. Look at, we're going to look at both of them. Look over to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. This is when things aren't the way you wish they were. Okay? And we've got to learn how to deal with these times because they're reality, guys. Aren't they? It's reality. Your life, my life, never goes all the way that we want it to go. And we've got to learn how to deal with those things. Romans uh, 5, we're going to actually... uh, We'll start in verse 1 just to catch the context of what we're looking at. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So he says, hey, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So that's a very positive thing, right? Verse 3, not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering. See, this this is when we didn't get what we wanted. 
It didn't come out, come out the way we wanted it to. It didn't turn out the way we wanted it to. We also rejoice in our sufferings. It doesn't take any real character to be a winner. Winning doesn't necessarily test your character. It's when you don't win that your character gets tested. Because now you're, you're, you're suffering. Not only that, we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know, see, that this, is, this is how we learn how to deal with this. Because we know, okay, we got some conviction now. We know that suffering produces perseverance. Another word for perseverance is toughness. Perseverance is continuing on when you are tired. I like to say that the prerequisite of perseverance is effort. Someone say, well, I want to work on my perseverance. Well, then start doing something. Because you've got to get tired first before you can work on your perseverance. If you understand what I'm saying. So we know that suffering produces perseverance. So how do you have a good attitude when something in life didn't go the way you wanted it to go? And you're tempted to be down and, and, and depressed and all that. Because you know that the suffering you're going through is developing in you a toughness. A perseverance. Okay? Perseverance, character. You learn character. You become a person that is solid. Is what he's saying there. That's what character is. And character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. So we realize here that in the difficult time, in the time where we're not necessarily naturally grateful, we've got to learn to realize, okay, when this didn't go the way I wanted it to go, this is making me a better person. It's making me a, a deeper person. It's testing and developing my character. Now look over to James chapter 1. Very, very similar passage of Scripture teaching the same kind of thing of, of gr- this grateful in all circumstances. How can you be grateful when, when things didn't go your way? Well, this is what this is teaching on. James chapter 1, verse 2. You guys there? Yeah. Consider it pure joy. Okay. So, hey, this is really good. My brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds... All kinds of stuff. Any stuff. All kinds of things. Your life and my life is not always fair. And see, fairness is a big thing for a lot of people. They feel, well, I'm not being treated fairly. And the presumption is that you should always be treated fairly. My experience in life is that that's not true for anybody. Nobody always gets treated fairly, at least fair as they interpret fair. See, because sometimes the way we interpret fair is, fair is, I get what I want. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? See, the problem is, fair for the person that's next to you may be that they get what they want and both of you can't can't have what you both want. And so someone gets and someone doesn't. You understand what I'm saying? And so then we feel like, well, I'm not being 
they're getting treated fairly, I'm not getting treated fairly, and, and, and we go around the block on this. Some people make a lifestyle out of this. They are constantly not being treated fairly. And they look, I mean, everything in life goes through the lens of I am not being treated fairly. Sometimes life is fair and sometimes it's not. And deserves got nothing to do with it. We feel, well, I don't deserve to be treated this way. Deserves got nothing to do with it. Sometimes life is fair in your life and sometimes it isn't. Sometimes life is fair in my life and sometimes fair is, is, uh, is if, you know, it goes all the way around. And you just got to realize and, and learn and, and, and sort of pick up and get this chip off your shoulder. You know, a chip on the shoulder indicates wood higher up. Quit being a, quit being a blockhead about life. Okay? Life's not always fair. Quit, quit acting like it should be. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know, see, you know, this is conviction. You know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Isn't it interesting that James and Paul are saying the exact same thing, a little different wordage. The testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So the attitude of gratitude here in this particular point is that we've got to learn to be grateful in all circumstances. Not just when things are going our way, but when things are not going our way. We've got to learn to find the area, find the way that this is making us a better person. Oftentimes in life, and I'm sure this is true for you as it is for me, we will go through something and at the time we are very, very unhappy with how it's happening. A year down the road, Five years down the road. Maybe 20 years down the road. We actually look back and we we re-examine and as we re-examine we realize that actually was good for me. At the time, it was awful. At the time, it was the worst thing that could ever possibly happen. You know what I'm saying? But you have a little time. You have a little experience. You have a little context. And you realize a year, five years, whatever. Now you look back and you're like, you know, I hated that at the moment. I thought that was awful. But now I realize that actually made me what I am today. I was uh, 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 reading an article on uh, Dan Gable, uh, the famous wrestler from uh, University of uh, uh, Iowa, or he coached at Iowa, he actually wrestled at Iowa State. Anyway, his, uh, his uh, high school career, he never got beat. To- totally undefeated, his high school career. His college career, of course, in that time you couldn't wrestle uh, as a freshman. Uh, they had a freshman rule uh, back then. But uh, his, uh, his sophomore year, national champ. Junior year, national champ. Uh, senior year, he was undefeated. And he got to, this is the last match of his college career. He, he's already a legend uh, in, in the wrestling community. And uh, he went out there and he got beat. Last match of, of, of his uh, uh, collegiate career. 
And of course, you know, people just said, oh, this is the worst thing that ever could happen. I mean, he went into a deep, deep depression, felt awful and all that, but, you know, he, he recovered and uh, went on to be an Olympic champ and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, of course, this is now many, many, many years later that, that, uh, that he's commenting on this. And what, what he said was, he said, that was the worst thing that ever happened uh, in my life. But I realize now that it made me go from being a great wrestler to an outstanding wrestler. You see, isn't that interesting? At the time, it was the worst thing that ever happened in his life. But then he lived life and he realized looking back, that actually was the pivot point that made me who I was. Maybe he never would have made the Olympic team. Maybe he never would have won the Olympics. Of course, you know, I know this, you don't get the wrestling stuff. But in, in the Olympics, he wasn't scored on. It's like unheard of. Not a, when, no one even scored on him. No one even took him down one time. And this is, of course, the greatest, uh, you know, the Olympics is the greatest that, that you, you, you can have there. You see, sometimes in life you've got to realize, in the moment it feels awful. A year down the road, five years down the road, we may look back and realize, hey, that's the thing that really made it happen in my life. See, we've got we to learn to give, be grateful in all the times or all circumstances. And the third thing here is I want to give you a useful test of gratitude. Look over to Romans 1. Romans 1. This is a useful test of gratitude. Romans 1, and we're going to pick it up in verse 21. He's talking here uh, in the context of Romans 1 about sort of the fallen nature of mankind and and the sinful uh, life that that people have uh, in, in, in that particular time. They'll be yawning on me now. Uh, and verse 21. I can talk to the teenage girls during my sermon, can I? Come on. Now, 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 now look at this. This is interesting. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. So they're ungrateful, right? But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Yeah, interesting. His description. They were dark. Their foolish hearts were darkened. You ever known a dark person? Man, I mean, they, they, they can just lower the light level in the room by walking into it. You know? mm. Sort of, what was that, that character? Uh, uh, Eeyore. Eeyore. <laughs> Remember Eeyore? <laughs> oh, Eeyore was so negative and he was so down and so dark all the time. Now, contrast that with, look over to, to uh, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4. You see, Paul says, because they're not grateful, they're dark. They're darkened in their understanding. In Romans 4, or, I mean uh, Philippians 4, Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> Philippians 4, I did write this sermon, not Chris, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and I'll say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, 
Present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Here's the useful test. If you are a grateful person, it is going to be evident in the way you come across. If you are an ungrateful person, it's also going to be evident in the way you come across and the way you deal with people. Are you a dark person or are you a person of light? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta sort of look at yourself. Someday it might be helpful. I mean, ask your wife, ask your husband, ask your parents, ask your children. Are you a dark person? Are you down? Are you depressed? Are you moaning, groaning? Now, sometimes you, even, you can even tell, you know, when you sit down, when you sit down, uh, when you get, uh, I mean, really? It's that much effort to get out of the chair? <laughs> get, you get in the car! Ah, ah, stupid idiot! Get off the road! Are, are you dark? Are, are, are you a person of light? I mean, is life good for you? Do, 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 do you make you sit down and eat? You're like, oh man, this a this is a great meal. Or do you sit down and say, you know, this this is too salty? <laughs> take it back, take it back, take it back. It's a great test for us. Are you a dark person? Are you unhappy? Are you darkened in your spirit? Is what he's talking about there in Romans 1. Or are you a person that's rejoicing the Lord always? And, and you're, you're living your life with a thankful, grateful, happy spirit. Is it, is it normal for people to see you with a smile on your face? Or is it so unusual that when you do, people are shocked? You're like, whoa, you know, she's really a little prettier than I thought. I'd never seen her smile. Uh, you know? Yeah, when she smiles, she actually is. She is pretty, you know? I mean, he is a handsome dude. If he never smile, you know, get that negative attitude out of your heart. It's the attitude of gratitude that we're looking for here. I hope our study has been good for you in that, reg- in that regard. You know what? Be the one guy. That come, don't, don't, don't have Jesus be saying about you. What, you know, where is He? Where is she? Is there no gratitude in their heart? Is there no happiness? Is there no praise in, 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 in their spirit, in their heart for all that I've done for them? We should be full of happiness. We should be full of gratitude. We should be people that honestly look at life and say, you know, yeah, life is tough, but you know, in the, in the whole, and because I'm a child of God, life is wonderful. You know what? Jesus said in this world you'll have trouble. Jesus says don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Everybody's life has struggle. Everybody's life has pain. Everybody's life has disappointment. But I believe that if we are the kind of people that God wants us to be, overall, overall, the description of our life is one of an attitude of gratitude. So I hope this is a good study for you and a good thought for you. We're going to go. We're going to flow right into communion now. So let's just have a prayer. This ought to be a perfect setup for for uh, remembering Jesus and thanking God for Jesus uh, and uh, getting ready. Thank you. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus dying on the cross. Thank you for the plan that you enacted 
uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago for our salvation. Thank You for the change in our life that we can have and that we can uh, get rid of the old person and we can put on the new person and we can live our life uh, walking in the steps of Jesus. We do pray that as we take the uh, communion today, the uh, uh, unleavened bread that reminds us of Jesus' body and the fruit of the vine, which uh, the grape juice which reminds us of His blood that was spilled for us, that uh, we can have a wonderful spirit of gratitude. So Christ we pray. Amen. Amen.